Rockin' and rollin' in the airwaves near you, wherever they can behold, this is One Rockin' Podcast, and the podcast will rock. That's right, it is our weekly podcast where we dive into a track by one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamire. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, are you rockin' tonight? I am rocking. Uh, whenever we record these markets, very quickly becoming one of my favorite evenings of the week because I get to sit down uh, with my Wiser Special Blend and my Coke Zero and uh, get to talk rock and roll with a good friend of mine and listen to some great music. We've had some great tunes and I've actually had a lot of, it's been bugging me the last week because last week we did um, Out of Space uh, from A Different Kind of Truth and we both voted it no and in my head all week, I'm like, it's not that bad. Maybe I should have given it a, a token yes. It's, <laughs> it was just right on the line for me. It, it's it's good in a lot of ways. It was just I expected more. So I, I carry a lot of guilt this week. Maybe it's, uh, it's one of those tracks that like a fine wine get better with age. Like the more you listen to it, the more it grows on you. I mean – it wouldn't be the first time something like that has happened, and I can't fault you for it. Like uh, I think we said on the show, it's not a terrible song. It's just not the it's just not the the best Van Halen song. It's not one that we are certainly going to put up on the top ten, nor I don't think the top twenty. So that that is the only reason for the no. And you know, for me personally, I just wasn't feeling it. But I can understand and I respect your. Uh, uh, buyer's remorse, as it were. <laughs> you know, it, it was the ultimate filler song, I think is kind of how we referred it. And, and that makes a lot of sense because it's really kind of a filler album. It was all cast offs from different projects. Uh, some is going back as far as 1976 that they just kind of repurposed into this album. So, uh, you know, it wasn't good enough to make Van Halen one or any other album in between. Uh, maybe that's kind of the reason. I mean, it's kind of like uh, when people are watching movies and they wonder why in the world the deleted scenes weren't added to the final cut of the film. Well, they're, well, they're deleted for a reason, okay? And this track uh, felt like it was uh, not deleted, but at least put to the side for uh, from the original album. And I think that's for a reason. It's maybe they just didn't have a lot of substance to it. And even reviving it so many years later, not a lot of substance, which, which is why for me it was a no. But again, I get it. It's fine. And I wonder if uh, we gonna, we're going to deal with that again this week. I, time will tell. You know what? I'm thinking we got to try a little reverse psychology when it comes to this damn wheel. Because the first four shows, we've gotten all Dave songs. And three out of the four were great. So uh, I'm hoping for a Dave song tonight, Wheel. Give me something big. Give me a, you know, give me a jump. Give me Panama. Why the hell not? Uh, We've already gone into a couple of their huge hits. Why not just hit them all right at once? So, yeah. Just we'll, keep the ball rolling. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen, Mark? At some point, we're going to hit a streak of nothing but stinkers. And I'm, I'm kind of dreading that time. I feel like that's what the wheel is trying to tell us. It's he he's giving us a bone right now until he just completely bones us later. Yeah. The wheel is a fickle mistress. What do you say? Should we shuffle it up and see what we uh, get this week? Let's see how fickle she be and uh, spin that wheel for us, Corey, please. All right. Take it away, Sammy. Here we go. Run, 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 run. 
go. Coming down. Oh, it's another a different oh. kind of truth song. <laughs> this one's called oh, Big man. River. I don't know this song at all, but no, nor do I. Again, uh, I, I think I mentioned last week this this entire record, with the exception of their uh, their one hit, uh, or their their single tattoo, completely passed me by. I don't even remember tattoo all that well, to be honest with you. So this will definitely be a surprise. Oh, big river. I, I got. I got to see if I can find some. You know, some facts on this song. Uh, the, we're, we're getting deep cuts at, at least. Uh huh. Well, they're from. Uh, they're a California band, so I wonder what exactly which which big river they're referring to. That'll be interesting. Yeah, there we got some tracks on Chinatown, Honey Baby, Sweetie Doll, Blood and Fire. Uh, again, drawing inspiration from their 1977 Warner Brothers demos. Uh, this is a new version of a song that was originally called Big Trouble uh, back in oh. 1977. We substitute the trouble for a river. Uh, apparently. Hmm. Uh, and really, I, I can't find much more about it. It, 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 just like last week. So reverse psychology doesn't work. No, nope, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> the wheel do what it do. The wheel do what it do. And what it do is give us two straight songs from a different kind of truth. Uh, the, the filler album uh, from Van Halen in 2012, of course. Uh, no Michael Anthony on this album. It was Wolfgang Van Halen. Uh, David Lee Roth comes back uh, for his first uh, full album. Uh, since 1984 is 1984. Uh, he did have the two songs on uh, Best of Van Halen, Volume 1. Um, and uh, that, that's really all I know about this 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 track and this album. Uh, should we just kind of get into it? We might as well. I, again, I have no expectations. I don't know what, what we are in store for this time. So We're, we're, we're going to get filler, the sequel here. Oh, God. Episode 5. Here we go. Let's, let's check out Big River. All right. All right, thoughts on, on, on the intro there. It, Kind of dyslexic at the start there, right? We had a nice little uh, guitar. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, oh, this is going to be maybe one of the ballads off A Different Kind of Truth. That it, it kicked into something uh, pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, now, this one sort of gives me some uh, Hagar vibe, uh, era vibes to the song, even though we know that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we know Sammy is nowhere to be found here. But it's the way the riff, uh, even the intro and the start of the opening riff, kind of reminds me of those uh, days so it'd be very very interesting to see how the rest of this goes yeah i think we're just about to kick into uh david lee roth here coming in let's let's give it a listen all 
right. So we, we, we kind of got the verse and uh, a little bit of the chorus structure there. Uh, um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I think Dave sounds all right on this one. He, he seemed kind of strained on the different kind of truth track we had last week. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe a little better voice in this one. Yeah, this one sounds like he wasn't trying to... Uh... He wasn't trying to bring back his uh, his former days, like like in the last one, where, where it's very clear you are not the Dave of old. You are just old Dave at this point, and you you just don't try to hit those notes. Don't try to do exactly what you always used to do. This one actually sounds like he's trying uh, to the best of his abilities at that time. Uh, I almost felt for a moment he was going to try and invoke a little bit of uh hagar vibes but i'm glad he didn't go there because that just would not be a pretty pretty sight or sound if you will i will say looking at the lyrics here this sounds like and it looks like it was edited like it like it looks like uh you said originally the song was titled big trouble yep and now it's big river so i feel like the lyrics for Big Trouble were around, and they thought, well, this doesn't work anymore, so let, let me just uh, change a few things here and there, and now we got Big River. That's what it feels like to me. Like, well, it, and it, it's, it's funny you brought up the whole Sammy Hagar vibe because uh, look at the lyrics. Wind in my back, face in the sun, all my big ideas are done. Listen to a seashell. You can hear the sea. Listen to a beer glass. The river belongs to me. It sounds like almost like a vacation song, kind of like a, a cable wobble that you would get from uh, Sammy Hagar. So yeah. it, it, it kind of continues along that vibe. That was a, that was a good call there. I mean, it just that's what it feels like, and that's what it looks like in the lyrics. But also, it also looks like uh, maybe uh, Dave combined too. Like he found some of Sammy's old lyrics just kind of lying around, and then he he needed to uh, to fix the original big trouble. Like, ah, you know what? I'm just gonna steal a little bit of uh, what Sammy's got there and put them together. Here we go. That's what hey, one thing like. I found interesting was uh, the the title change uh, is probably because there's a song called "Big Trouble" on David Lee Roth's solo album "Eat 'Em and Smile." Aha! Uh -huh. Well, there you are. <laughs> All right, I think we're coming up to the chorus here. Let's give it yeah, a listen. Let's try it. It's kind of a running theme on this show, Mark. The David Lee Roth choruses, <laughs> not a lot of substance to them. This is literally just big river rolling. Rolling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? David sounds pretty good on this. He, he does. I'm, I'm actually really impressed with what he's doing here. He's, not, he, he's giving us the usual uh, Dave flair, but we're not getting so much of it that it's just, okay, Dave, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, no, it actually sounds like he's trying to do something a little different. Um, the chorus notwithstanding. Uh, yeah, well, he, he's very much keeping into the, the same thematics of the only thing you need to hear in the chorus is the title of the song so that you know what you're listening to. Yep. <laughs> Big River. Yep, there's no mistaking that one. 
Yeah, and um, since we're never going to get a Sammy Hagar song, we're never going to get to compare the, the the two. It's been all Dave. Uh, I mean, yeah, all, all Dave. It's uh, we're getting all the Dave out of the way. So I guess it seems like that's what the wheel wants to do. Uh, yeah, I found this one quote uh, interesting from David Lee Roth. Uh, he said, uh, and I quote. We've managed to stretch our adolescence like a chiclet to the moon and maintain the respectful dignities along the way that got us on that turnpike up in the first place. Talking about reusing this kind of old material. Yeah. Because uh, he says uh, uh, the band's reason is they can't get away with pretending to be young anymore. Are there second chances, he asked. I'm tending to no. <laughs> kind of a pessimistic view of things, but. I mean, but he's, but he's not wrong, I guess. Uh you know, you, you can only you can only chase the adolescence for so long before finally you have, you just have to look in the mirror and accept that hey, you're old. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Should we continue? Let's do it. is what that is man i had a completely different opinion of this song until that happened <laughs> wow that I mean, uh to me it, we were comparing the two different kind of true songs we've had this is kind of the, the extreme opposite whereas last week i thought it was maybe eddie just kind of going through the motions this is what an eddie van halen solo should sound like this is just eddie saying fuck y'all i'm the best guitar player on the planet catch this I mean, he's he's literally he's playing the solo uh, to the song. I mean, he, he's he's not going too far outside the realm there. However, he is also adding more of the Eddie Van Halen. Uh, sorry to use the word again, flair, for lack of a better term. He and he's just t turning it up to eleven to to use another reference. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm actually I'm surprised one. Uh, how how much he utilized both the pinch harmonic squeal, the really high pitch sound he gets made, uh, if you didn't know, and then uh, the wah pedal. He's using the wah pedal, so it sounds like uh, it goes. The tone goes from muffled to clear. Uh, so that if it's those in the know, if you know the wah pedal, will do that for you. It's very. Jimi Hendrix was very famous for using the wah pedal, uh, especially in All Along the Watchtower. Uh, so that, that gives you an idea of what that might sound like. So, but, but also Eddie's doing, he, he's playing the solo with the, with the right scales. He knows, he knows where he's at in the key, but then he's, he's just utilizing every trick in the Eddie Van Halen book that he can think for this solo. And I'm surprised that it was, it lasted as long as it did. 
it, for a, the moment I thought it was going to end after what eight measures, he decided, nope, I'm going to tap some more. I'm going to do some tapping, and it's just going to keep on going. Um, it's funny, I could see you on the screen. You were kind of ready for the solo to win, then all of a sudden we shifted yeah. into another <laughs> section of the solo. And you're like, oh, great. It's like, oh, there's more. <laughs> and it was different. That's that's what struck me about it. He, he gives you a little bit of a taste for, like, here's a solo, what you might think is paint by numbers, although I'm doing a, a lot more this time around. And you think it's done? No, wait, wait, wait. Check this out. And then just hits the B section on you. Um, it, it's rare to get an Eddie Van Halen B section. Um, you get about three sections of solos in eruption by themselves. And, uh, but I mean, that's just a whole song. Uh, this, however, is I got to compact several different transitions and put it into this one solo, but I think you'll enjoy it. I, for one, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm geeking out a little bit on, uh, over that. Hey, you know what? I, I, the rest of the band sounds tight. I know uh, Wolfgang takes a lot of shit for whatever reason from Van Halen fans. Kid can play. And he's yeah, so if, good if you listen I, to his, his debut album it's phenomenal like so great i was and, a bit uh, apprehensive for a long time about him but uh and then yeah i listened to his album or i've listened to him talk about his his process the kid's good and alex uh, always good uh mm -hmm. even with the tempo change everything was just tight i, I really like just how the band came together for that whole middle section uh you know, you, you listen to the chorus, you listen to the, you know, the kind of dumb lyrics, even though set, Dave's singing them pretty well. And yeah, you, you get a whole different vibe from the song just after the after the solo section there. So now now we're getting into more uh, big rivers, if you're ready. Oh, so many big rivers. It's, it's the biggest. <laughs> a nice long fade out on that yeah just uh that's that's eddie seeing you off as you stroll down that big river all right i can tell you yeah even with all the dumb big rivers in there i, I really kind of like that that last third of the song you know it, it carried well like you gotta love a, a good lead out like that especially when the band is tight and they're playing mm -hmm. well and the groove is good uh not a lot wrong with that one i don't know what do you think no yeah it's 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 a it's a nice little jam it's uh something it's it's very simple the the lyrics are very simple they're not not simple not dumb but i mean i mean a little bit dumb yeah we'll just we'll just call it simple uh simple lyrics uh the the melody and the 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 beat very very uh, easy going very very blues heavy um but then you got the extra ornamentation by eddie to uh signify hey by the way this is still this is still us <laughs> so you know don't get it twisted all um, right so yeah. it, it's time to vote mr kamire uh what are you gonna give big river from 2012's a different kind of truth 
Well, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just so much that I wish, I wish were kind of a little bit different about this song, but I must say, It is a good rock and jam, and even though it might be uh, a little too simple, one might even consider it a paint-by-numbers throwaway song by Van Halen if you want to. The solo saves it for me. Uh, it, that just that got me interested. That got me into it again, and I, I really enjoy the it's sort of like that long uh, fade-out outro. Uh, it's very blues-heavy, very blues-inspired. And, you know, I appreciate that. And I just, I don't know, man, something about Eddie just cutting a rug like that just really just amped me up. I'm, I'm still amped about it. So that, that's my vote. I got to give it a yes for, for that alone. Uh, but Corey, what do you think about Big River? Well, you know, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence again. This is kind of like uh, the out of space. Uh, there's a lot of good. Uh, there's some I don't like, but... Ultimately, I'm going to have to give this one a... Yeah, the solo saves it, and Dave sounds good. I, I didn't like yeah, how Dave yeah. sounded on Out of Space. Uh, vocally, I thought he did a pretty good job in this. He's not doing much, right? He sings about a river. He yeah. says the words Big River about 12 times, and then he throws in an ah, oh, yeah, and a rolling. <laughs> again if we're if we're judging these on song compositions and if lyrics played a bigger part in it a lot of these songs would be fails because like hot for teacher is just cliches with the odd line thrown in and he's got a bad hot for teacher out of in, uh, pretty much every song we've done lyrically has been lacking but dave sounds cool the band is kicking ass on this track um I, i'm giving this a a pretty decent recommend. I liked it better than Out of Space, and that was kind of my big on the fence song. But uh, this one here, um, about halfway through the song, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely trending towards yes. It's like I said uh, while we were listening to it, I had a one opinion of the song at first, and then the solo happens, and I went, well, that just changed. <laughs> That's a little hint as, as to what was what was to come for our voting session. But yeah, I forgot to mention that I agree with you. Dave actually sounds good in this. He's not trying to go over the top he's not trying to do uh he's not trying to live out the the glory days he's just going no here i am this is what i sound like uh, but i'm gonna try uh it sounds like he's trying and i appreciate that so yeah gotta give it to him for this one um, well, that's why that quote i read earlier is kind of apropos because he talks about you know stretching his adolescence like a chiclet to the moon whatever the hell that means i don't but know. just talking about how we're not kids anymore we're not going to pretend we're kids this is how we sound now, as opposed to how we sounded in 1977. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like maybe the tone of, uh, of what this song sounds like in the, uh, in the riff, I mentioned it kind of sounded to me very uh, Hagar-era-esque. And I think that's because they utilized their... When Sammy joined the band, there, there was a, a bit of a tone shift with the way they uh, sounded musically. And I, I guess once they just figured that out, they figured out like, well, this is what we sound like now. Uh, maybe they just kept it. 
they just decided to stick with it as opposed to going back and say like how did we really sound in the uh you know late 70s early 80s let's see if we can replicate that tone um that would have been a mistake uh they could have tried it and probably succeeded in sounding like that but it i don't think that would have been the right call so hearing hearing what they uh or hearing that quote and then listening to this particular track makes me realize like ah see okay now i get it i i see why they did that They're, this is what they sound like now so big ups for that you know one thing we haven't really talked about is uh, uh the role of a producer and how they uh can influence uh recording you talked about the difference in in sound from the early dave stuff going into the hagar era uh you know all those early uh, uh david lee roth albums were produced by ted templeman and then uh, from that they had different producers and actually a different kind of truth uh, was produced by John Shanks, who I believe has done a lot of work with Aerosmith uh, recently. So he certainly knows how to produce rock albums. But um, it's interesting how different producers get, uh, you know, different products out of you. And there is a big tonal shift from the David Lee Roth era, early era, to the Van Hagar era. Okay. And now a, a different kind of truth again, uh, maybe with, with a different kind of different kind of sound to it. That's a really good point. Yeah, uh, a producer goes a long way in the quality of your record. And uh, not to say that if you have a bad producer, your record's going to sound, you know, really, really shitty, but it, it certainly helps to have a good one. <laughs> it helps to have a good producer, but even sometimes good producers make mistakes and it happens all the time. But yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. A good producer uh, should be taken in, into consideration for these things. And that's absolutely true. And you say this guy, uh, uh, what was his name again, uh, that produced this album? Uh, John Shanks. Uh, John I was Shanks actually Shanks. mistaken. I thought he had done some Aerosmith. He actually did uh, a couple albums for uh, John Bon Jovi, for Bon Jovi, uh, recently. Oh, uh, so oh, he recently, did like so. the, uh, oh, I'm just trying to look it up here. Uh, we did Different Kind of Truth uh, for Bon Jovi. He did uh, Beautiful Day, uh, which was uh, one of their later albums. And he did uh, their kind of throwaway album, Burning Bridges, which, it uh, was just kind of scraps thrown together, uh, kind of like a different kind of truth in a lot of ways. It was so John Bon Jovi could get out of his record contract. So he oh. called it Burning Bridges because it was a big middle finger to the record company at the time. Well, there you go. So, well, that makes a lot of sense then that they went to him. <laughs> so he has experience working with uh, aged rockers. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, supported Bon Jovi's uh, This House Is Not For Sale <laughs> album as well. So that, that's kind of the last big album he did. Oh, I got you. Yeah, he's actually touring with Bon Jovi right now, too. So uh, he's kind of gone from producing to actually being uh, a they're, member of the uh, stage band. for Yeah, they're, for they're touring the act. Yeah, that's... Huh, well, I wonder if he's uh, their sound guy as well. <laughs> he's kind of doing everything, isn't he? But I, well, one thing I heard about John Bon Jovi, we talked about how uh, vocally he can't really cut it anymore like he used to. Like, he doesn't sound like he did when he was a young man. Like, most no. people can't. But as John's voice is kind of going, the band is growing. So now he's got more guitar players. He's got another keyboard guy. He's got a horn section here pretty soon. I'm, I'm just, just just kind of mask maybe his uh, vocal deficiencies. The Bon Jovi Symphony is uh, <laughs> that's that's what he's going for next time. I, you know what? Actually, uh, uh, "Want a Dead or Alive" uh, symphonic variation would sound uh, or uh, symphonic arrangement would probably sound pretty cool. So I'm here for it. You know, there's a lot of early Bon Jovi that would sound pretty cool, I think, with a symphonic arrangement. 
even something the, like uh, from the Blaze of Glory soundtrack, right? Which is uh, one I just got on vinyl, uh, inspired by our mutual friend Ken Knapsack to get the Young Guns 2 soundtrack that John Bon Jovi <laughs> composed. But, uh, uh, you know, something like Blaze of Glory would sound pretty cool with a symphony behind it. Blaze of Glory would sound really, really cool. Um, you may, hey, even uh, uh, You Give Love a Bad Name would probably sound pretty sweet. So, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, you know what, John? You, you do you. You go get your symphony band. That's, that's exactly what I want. Um, you. You heard Metallica do it with the S&M album, so you figure, why not me? Go ahead, give it a shot. And why not? Those, those uh, symphony albums from Metallica, both of them are phenomenal. I find them to be probably a couple of my favorites that they've ever done, which you, you say what you want about me in the uh, on Twitter and in the comments. Just uh, you know, come at me, bro. It's fine. But you know I'm right. Yeah, I agree. I'm one of the few people, I think, that likes everything. Metallica does. I like the early stuff. I like the later stuff. I, I did a, a podcast a while back with our with our good friend Christy McGee on mm-hmm. uh, Reload. On Reload, and, and yeah. what a great album Reload is. Like, there's a lot of good stuff on that album. There, there are, and you know, I love Reload. Is the album I think a lot of fans, um, or maybe Load before it, but Reload, they consider, oh, this is the death of Metallica, really, um, because they just like just completely changed their sound. Like, well, no, it was a progression, but that's just me. Um, but, but my question to you, Corey, is you said you like everything, even St. Anger. I, you know what? I'm, I'm so glad you said St. Anger, not Lulu. Cause Lulu, you would have got me. <laughs> I fucking hate Lulu, but everybody on the planet does. I don't mind a good portion of St. Anger. Like I don't hate it. Like everybody else hates it. Yeah. Uh, Some kind of monster is one of my favorite rock documentaries, which it, it's kind of weird. We're talking about, we segue to that because I just got finished watching the Beatles get back all eight hours oh, of that. Yeah. And that that's Corey crack right there. I was just in heaven, but some kind of monster. I watch at least once or twice a year because for rock documentaries, it doesn't get better than that. And a lot of the Presidio stuff they're working on sounds like shit. So the fact that it progressed from that to what we got on St. Anger, is not bad. Uh, obviously the, the, the non snare sound from Lars's drum kit bothers the hell out of me, but th- there's a couple of decent tracks on there. Yeah, that's another example, kids, of what we said that even a good producer can make mistakes. And that Bob Rock, like, who actually ooh, produced the Black Rock. Album, he's done a lot of good stuff, yeah. right? And yeah, he's kinda, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the band saying, "Hey, we want to fuck up our sound," and he went, "Okay." Where a, a good producer would have said, "You know what? Maybe don't." You're Metallica for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's if you want to point fingers at uh, blaming uh, Metallica for changing their sound whatsoever, you need to point at Bob Rock, who joined them for the Black Album, which is their, I'm quite sure, highest selling record oh, to this day. Oh, uh, by far. Yeah. yeah. So hate on Black Album all you want. It's great. Uh, yeah, we celebrating still, its 30th yeah. anniversary this year. Actually, just had a big reissue. Oh, man. It it did. It did, because I uh, saw other artists contributing uh, their versions, their takes on some of the songs. Some of them I liked, and then a couple of them, no, I did not, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, Modern music just isn't for me, you guys, but uh, you know it is for you, this podcast. Uh, We've got another one in the bag talking about Van Halen. Uh, Two in a row about uh, recent years of Van Halen with Dave coming back all dave tracks so far so i mean god only knows what the the wheel is going to pick for us next time if i had to take a wild guess i'm going to go it's probably another dave um just because there's a lot to work with but i mean there's a lot of sammy too i don't 
I don't know. I just don't know. I think this will is just biased, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and while we're doing that, you can hit us up on our social medias. Uh, also, be sure to, if you like this uh, episode, if you like the show in general, give it a like, subscribe to it, uh, spread the word, let us know, uh, let everyone know, because we all like to talk about fun things. And what's more fun than Van Halen? Nothing, hardly nothing. Uh, but speaking of the socials, Corey, where can the people find you on yours? They can find me at CD Marset on Twitter and Instagram. And yes, please get a hold of us. Let us know. Maybe you hate the Black Album. Maybe you love St. Anger. Maybe you love a different kind of truth. Uh, apparently, we've got 11 songs left on a different kind of truth. We're going to hit them all at some point, uh, probably in the next uh, two months by the sounds of it. But uh, please, yeah, interact with us. Let us know. Uh, of course, the show has its own uh, Twitter feed as well, at Podcast Will Rock. Let us know what you thought of uh, Big River, uh, Big Trouble, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, to me, it was, it was a big success. I, I, I dug this track. Ah, there's 11 more from this album? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, some oh, are instrumentals. Boy. We won't have to do all oh, okay. 11 songs that are left. But <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MarkTheBat. Uh, look for me there. Uh, be on the lookout in the month of January for sure. I'll have uh, some of my own stuff to plug, uh, some some shows lined up, and uh, possibly a new gig lined up for uh, for more consistent work. I don't know. We're still working that out. Probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but it's fine. It's fine. No no harm will come of it. I hope. <laughs> uh, but that that is it that's the show on behalf of Corey and myself you have been listening to and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later